Welcome to the Rocky Messages Podcast. Rocky is a community of believers that want to know Jesus and love like him. If there's something today you'd like to hear more about, make sure to listen to our weekly podcast called Rocky Unscripted. This is where we take Sunday topics and go even further with conversation, research, and study. But for now, let's take a listen to this week's message. Amen. Good morning. It's good to see everybody. I want to welcome in our Niwad campus. We're streaming live this morning. Niwad, we love you. Hope you're having a great time over there. And I want to welcome everybody who's hanging out with us online. I hope you're enjoying a cinnamon roll right now. Uh, but thanks for being here. We're going to jump in uh, to our series, What Was I Thinking, in just a couple of minutes. But before I do, I got a warning. All right? I got a warning for everybody uh, who is watching and participating uh, this morning that today's message, all right, today's topic is going to be PG-13. All right, It's PG-13. And so he- here's what that means, that if you've got kids uh, that are around you right now, um, that I want to give you the opportunity over the next couple of minutes to, if you're in the building, go to our kids' ministry, check them in. They're going to have a great time anyways. We've got the best snacks. They've got games and crafts and all that. So you can just go do that uh, right now. Uh, if, and, and let me tell you what we're talking about just for a sec, if uh, you're not ready to have a discussion about a topic that rhymes with the word flex, okay? You with me? All right. So if you're not ready to either A, have that discussion with your, your child or, or, or your child's not ready to receive that discussion, uh, now would be the time to go check them into our kids' men. Or if you're at home, go find another TV, put Netflix on and push them that way. Okay, so uh, while you do that, I want to highlight something that happened at Rocky last Sunday. Uh, and we, we, we do this uh, every so often throughout the year, but uh, last Sunday we launched uh, some groups and it was an awesome uh, time. Uh, to, to, to be together uh, with our church. And so this happened over at the Niwad campus last Sunday afternoon. And here's the cool thing. Uh, we had the largest group launch that we have ever had, at least since I have been here. And I want us to clap for that, okay? Because that is awesome. It's a great win for our church. And here's the cool thing, all right? If you've been hanging out with us maybe over the last couple of months or you've been casually attending over uh, the years, here's what we believe uh, to be true about your relationship with Jesus, that it is better. Your relationship with Jesus will be better if you choose to do life in the context of community. If you choose to put yourself in a situation where you allow other people to get to know you and you get to know other people, God just seems to use that to grow you up. And then here's the cool thing. He uses you to grow other people up as well. And so last week, I mean, there was almost 300 people that are jumping in in the context of our group's pathway. And there were so many people who were jumping in for their first group experience at Rocky. I just thought it was so awesome. Uh, and I was so encouraged to see so many people uh, that were willing to take a step that for a lot of people is a big step. And it's kind of scary because everybody's always thinking, well, what if I get into a group with somebody I don't like? Ah, right? But here's the other cool thing that while that may happen, there are so many people who jumped into a group last week that are actually sitting uh, across from somebody who's going to be one of their greatest friends for the rest of their life. And the beauty of community is that they can be there for them and they can uh, be there for those in the group as well. So anyways, I just thought that was a great win. And um, and here's the deal. If you're not in a group, then this year, I want you to keep your ears open uh, for when you start hearing us talk about groups and launching groups and Rooted, because this is the step that will incredibly change uh, your journey and your relationship with Jesus. So don't miss out on that. Okay, that was two minutes. All right, parents, you had time. Here we go. All right, today we are dealing with the topic of 
sex. And here's why. Here's why. Because we've been in the book of Proverbs and it just so happens that Solomon, who's the author of Proverbs, gets to chapter five, six, and seven. And he begins to have what I'm calling the talk with his son. He jumps in, he says, son, listen, and th this is the beauty of this series uh, because he's been talking to his kids and, and he's been telling them, hey, here's the advice. Here's the things you need to know uh, in the course of your life so that you make wise choices in many different areas. And he gets to chapter five and one of the biggest discussions and ongoing discussions he continues to have with his kid is about sex. And he has the talk in such an interesting way. In fact, it's probably nothing like the talk you had if you even had the talk uh, with your mom or dad. And look what he says. This is Proverbs 5, starting in verse 18. Solomon says this, sons, listen, may your fountain be blessed. May your fountain be blessed. Hmm, what's he talking about? And may you rejoice in the wife of your youth. Hmm. I'm going to tell you right now, you ain't talking about holding hands. Look at this, verse 19. A loving doe, a graceful deer. May her breast satisfy you always. And may you ever be intoxicated with her love. And I, here's the thing. I guarantee you didn't have a talk like that where your mom and dad sat you down. And you're like, hey, let me tell you about sex. Because usually when you have the sex talk, it's like, hey, this is how babies are made, right? I mean, your mom and dad didn't sit you down and be like, okay, listen, there's, just, there's like these deers, okay? There's a doe and then there's the deer and there's breasts. I don't know what's going on, okay? You probably didn't happen like that. Uh, but here's Solomon, he's putting, you know, the, the, the topic of sex, he's putting it out there. There's a conversation being had, but it's a little bit different than probably the conversation you had because the conversation you had probably had to do more of the form and function of sex. And then probably at the end of the discussion, somewhere along the way, especially if you probably grew up in church, your mom and dad, like, like the end of the conversation went something like this. And here's the thing, just don't have it. Okay. So, you know, I talk, and the reason why I'm telling you about sex and, you know, the reason I'm talking about birds and does and deers. Okay, listen, the reason why I'm doing all this is because I want you to know, I want you to learn, you can't have sex. Just don't have sex. Don't have sex. Until you get married, just don't have sex. And either your kid was thinking or you were thinking, why? Why? And usually the answer is, well, because, listen, stop asking questions. Just don't do it because the Bible, the Bible says don't do it. And I just go what the Bible says. When I don't know what to do, I just go what the Bible says. And so just don't do it. Stop asking questions. Just don't have sex. And so today, here's what I want to do. I want to have a conversation about sex. And I want to have a conversation or a type of conversation that I'm guessing that you've never had before about the topic of sex. And here's, here's the deal. I'm about to say something um, that some of you probably won't, won't like. You might not even agree with it. And, and you're here and, and you might even be a Christian. You might not be a Christian. Uh, um, and, and especially probably if you're not a follower of Jesus, you know, I mean, you already know what I'm about to say and you're getting worked up a little bit in your mind because you know, you know I'm a pastor and you kind of, you get the deal about sex and Christianity. So you probably know some, some, you know, some, some hard lines I'm gonna draw in the sand when it comes to sex. But here's the thing, if that's you, I'm glad you're here. I'm especially glad you're here because I wanna have a conversation about sex in a totally different way, in a totally different way. 
Uh, but let me just say it, all right? Let me just get it out. So young, especially young people, single people, people that aren't married, just look up here real quick. Just, just check in with me. He's gonna say it, but just check in with me real quick. Listen, here's what I think, okay? Here's what I think. That's why I wanna start our conversation about sex. If you are not married, here's what I think. I think you should not have sex until you're married. That's what I think. I think if you're not married, you should not have sex until you are married. And I know, listen, I get it. As soon as I say that, I know that this is going against the, the grain of our culture because you know what our culture says? Our culture says, uh, would tell us that, that sex is just physical. It's just physical. What's the big deal? It's just physical. I mean, this is a culture, I mean, I even grew up in this culture. I mean, just look at movies and, and music, right? I mean, you and me, baby, ain't nothing but mammals. So let's do it like they do on the Discovery Channel. Some of you know the lyrics to that song. I'll see you down front after service. But here's the thing, culture has it wrong because sex is not just physical. I'm telling you, it's more than that. It's more than that. And we live in a sex saturated culture in which, you know, the overwhelming majority of people, no matter how old they are, think that sex outside of marriage is not wrong as long, as long as the people having sex are old enough, it's consensual and with the right precautions. I mean, that's kind of the idea in our culture. And I think that's a mistake. I think it's a big mistake because wisdom says hooking up and breaking up does not lead to a great sex life. I mean, how many of you want to live in a great, in the context of a great sex life? Go ahead and raise your hand. Don't do it. I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. <laughs> All the husbands are like. <laughs> Here's the thing. Proverbs is clear about a couple of things. First, marriage is awesome. Marriage is good. Proverbs 18, 22. He who finds a wife finds what is good and receives favor from the Lord. Here's what we also know that when you have sex with somebody who you're not married to, it's not good. This is Proverbs 5, 20. Again, Solomon talking to his son, he goes, why son, why? Why be intoxicated with another man's wife? And there's some single people here going, listen, I'm not married to having sex with somebody else's wife. And I would argue that verse still pertains to you. Because while you may not be married to, while that person may not be married to somebody right now, they will be someday. And Solomon is clear. Hey, 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 I don't think it's wise for you to be having sex with people you're not married to. So hear me. Listen, I think sex is good. I recommend it. I love having sex as much as the next guy. But here's the deal. Only in the design that God has created it for. A, a couple of years ago, I was having a conversation with a young person. And we were talking about sexuality and waiting to have sex till, till they were married. And eventually in the conversation, they asked this question. And I thought it was interesting, but here's what they said. They, they, they asked, why does God care who I sleep with before I get married? Why is this such a big deal? And again, because they're thinking that sex is just physical. And, and here's really the answer to that question. Because a lot of people like think God is like holding out on them, right? Why can't I have sex? It's so much fun and it's enjoyable. And God just doesn't want me to have fun. Listen, that's a, that's a lazy argument. 
In fact, anytime the Bible says something, right? Put something in front of you and says, you should or shouldn't do this. Instead of just saying the Bible says so, you should do the work and go figure out why would God say that? He is doing it for your benefit. And if you can't see the benefit, you should research that thing out. And so ultimately in the conversation, here's what we got to. You know why God cares about who you sleep with before you get married? Because I think God wants you to have an awesome sex life when you're married. Well, that kind of changes the discussion, doesn't it? Oh, wow. You mean he is for me for the future? Exactly. And what you don't understand is sex is more than just the physical. Now, here's the deal. If you don't agree with me and you're sitting here, you're watching at home and you're going, this guy, he is too old. He is outdated. He doesn't get it. Just hang with me. Hang with me. What do you got to lose anyways, right? Just stick with me for the next 20 minutes because here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to present two arguments of why I think wisdom is not having sex before marriage. And one of the arguments that I'm gonna give, I'm not even gonna use the Bible. This is why I love the Bible, because the Bible keeps it real. And this is true. The idea of not having sex before marriage will be a benefit to you, and you don't even have to be a Christian to believe it. So I'm gonna argue both ways this morning. So here we go, just, come on, just follow me, all right? Don't sit there and be like, oh, I don't wanna listen. Come on, just follow me. Follow me for a second. Here's the first thought. Right now, right now, you are living in the present. Right now, all of us are living in the present. And in a little while, this stage of your life will be the past. Some of you are like, whoa, <laughs> super deep, Matt. Good job. Come on, just think about it for a sec. This is important. All right, this is important. Just think about it. Your past, here's why I say that. Your past will one day show up in your future. And in a little while, so and here's the thing. And your past, man, married people, you know this. Your past is sneaky. It's irritating. It, 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 just, it just seems to show up at the wrong times and stays longer than you'd like it to. That's our Past. And for some of the married people here, nobody ever told you that, that this present, this present that will become your past will show up in your future. Just think about it for a sec. This present that tomorrow will become your past, I guarantee you, will show up in your future. So young people, single people, come on, lean in just for a sec. Listen, come on, listen. There's a lot of married folks who didn't know that who didn't know that about their past, but they now realize it in their present. They didn't know that to be true. And listen, you don't have to be a Christian to believe that. It is true. This is life. Your past will show up in your future. But there's so many people who don't know that because when they got married, when, people mar when married people got married, they thought when they got married, it was like a new beginning and the past would stay in the past. See, when I get married, everything I've done up to this point, that'll just stay back there. They were cutting ties with the past and they were moving on to the future. That's what they thought because nobody told them what I'm telling you. Nobody told them that their past would find their way into their future, that one day would be their present. And it showed up. And it didn't matter if they were a follower of Jesus or not. Nobody told them that their present, that became their past, would show up in their future. Nobody sat them down and said this, what you do now 
is going to follow you around. I'm guessing all they heard was, just don't do it. Why? Because the Bible says so. Nobody told them what you do now will follow you into your future and will eventually one day become your present. So if you're not married, I want you to know, because for a lot of married folks, nobody ever told them. They got to their wedding day, they thought all that stuff would stay in the past, but what they've learned in the context of marriage moving forward, that when they got married, they dragged their past into their present and into their future. That's why I think God cares so much about who you have sex with. And the reason, I mean, come on, the, the reason why married people get into so much trouble when they get married is because they believe something that wasn't true. They believe their past would stay in the past and it is not true. They thought, here's what they thought. They thought if I marry the right person, everything will be all right. Or, or they could say like this, when I find the right person, everything will be all right. So really what I do now doesn't matter because I'm not doing it with the right person. But when I find the right person, everything is gonna turn out all right. So what I'm doing right now doesn't affect anything in my future because one day I'm gonna find the right person. Now, this is the crazy part. When you are trying to find the right person, did you know that your right person is also trying to find the right person? And so now we have two people trying to find their right person. And eventually we have these two right people that are looking for their right person, but they're doing all the wrong things with the wrong persons. But they find each other. That eventually they, they cross paths and they find each other and they have a thought, oh, I found the right person. This is the right person. The other person's like, you are my right person. And so they're so excited. And do you know how one right person finds another right person? Just chemistry. That's all it is. It's just chemistry. And listen, you're old enough, you've either A, had this conversation with somebody else, or B, somebody had this conversation with you. But eventually somebody, you've been in the context of the conversation, where they get to you and they go, I have to tell you about this guy I met. I gotta tell you about this girl I met. Man, this, this, I've never met anybody like this. Ah, we just talk forever. I mean, we talk for hours and, and I think about him all the time. You know, or I think about her all the time and I can't keep my mind off of him and he can't keep his hands off, of, I mean, my, his mind off of me. It's just so good. You probably wouldn't get it. I mean, just, uh. I've been around a whole lot of people, but this is my right person. So here's what happened. And these two right people, they get together. And then there's this way of thinking, you know, you, 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 don't, you don't buy the car till you test drive it. You know, you go shoe shopping. You don't buy shoes till you try them on. And, and listen, you wouldn't get it. But I mean, they're just so in love. And the chemistry, like you just don't get it. And so they get the physical thing going and they get the sex thing going. And it's just the greatest thing in the world because they have chemistry and they have passion. And so they're convinced this is my right person. And since I've met my right person, everything will be all right. It's gonna be all right. And they wouldn't admit it. <laughs> they wouldn't admit it. Not in the moment, they've learned now. 
They wouldn't admit it in the moment, but they're so convinced. I mean, they believe that there was nobody else for them. I mean, this was the person because it's just so easy being together. I mean, it just kills them when they can't, you know, be in each other's presence and they love spending time together. I mean, they were made for each other. You wouldn't get it. But I'm just telling you, this is a unique kind of love, you know. I met my right person and that other right person met their right person, so they get married. They get together. And the problem is, is that all they had was chemistry. They had chemistry, but that's all they had. They know nothing about relationship. Young people, this is why I don't even think you should date in high school. You know nothing about relationship. All you know is chemistry. So these people, these two right people, they get together because they have chemistry. And, and, here's, and, and here's what they think. They think because they found the right person, I don't have to be good at relationship because they're the right person. The other person will be good at relationship because we have chemistry. I mean, that's my right person. I mean, I don't have to be good at being patient because my wife is never going to do anything that requires me to be patient with her. She, <laughs> you hear the guys chuckling, keep it down. Okay, listen. She won't require that. I don't have to be good at relationship because I found my right person. We're never going to have any problems. You, Matt, you don't understand. We have chemistry. We're, we're the right people for each other. And so they get together and they get married. And you know what happens? They begin to have problems. They have problems. And these aren't marriage problems. They're not, you can go to marriage counseling. Listen, these are you problems. These are you problems that you brought into the marriage from your past because you either A, made unwise choices or you didn't deal with your garbage before you came into this relationship. And so now you have you problems. All of a sudden we have problems. These are the past problems that have shown up into our future that are now our present. And if you don't think that's true, just go to marriage counseling because when you go to counseling, you're gonna talk more about you than her. This is you. And you know what kind of problems they begin to have first? Not chemistry problems, they have relationship problems. Because, news shock, they are in a relationship. And a healthy relationship will demand more than just chemistry. But they didn't do anything to prepare for the relationship because they thought their love and their passion was enough. So they get in this relationship and they start having relational trouble, which they can't seem to figure out. They, can't, they don't have the tools to fix it. And then guess what eventually begins to suffer because they can't figure out the relational problems. Chemistry. <gasps> Chemistry begins to suffer. And where it's been so passionate and so sexual and so awesome, that part of the relationship begins to die. And ladies, here's what you got to know. In that moment, the guy, he is so confused. He is so confused because he, you don't, you don't know this, I'll tell you. He thinks sex will solve anything. He thinks sex is like a wrench. I can fix it. Okay, that's what he thinks. He just thinks sex is like a tool. I can fix it. We can make this relationship better. Hey, our relationship isn't good. Why? Because we're not having enough sex. Okay, that's what he thinks. It's not true, but that's what he's thinking. Sex would fix this. And then the girl's like, that's not how that works. And now we're fighting. Now we're fighting. Okay? Now we have all this tension and confusion and the very thing that they thought was, you know, oh, this is the one and it's going to be perfect. Now all of a sudden, 
That area of their life begins to die. They're losing on the relational scale. They're losing on the chemistry scale. Things seem to be falling apart. And then, and then somewhere along the way, in the context of this marriage, somebody has an idea. I know what will bring us closer together. We should have a baby. That's a good idea. We should bring another person into this dysfunctional relationship. That's great. And so, you know, and so usually it's the, it's the girl's idea, you know, hey, we should have a baby. We're going to fix this relationship. And the guy's like, well, that requires us to have sex. I'm in. And so then everybody's happy. Oh, okay. We're going to have more sex. We're going to bring a baby into the relationship. Now just pause for a sec because <laughs> Listen, single people are in here are like, are married people this stupid? Yes, they are. This is, yes, this is a predictable path. Yes, this is a path that a lot of people take. It's well-traveled. I mean, don't look around, but I'm just telling you, I can see you so many married people in here just, right? How did he know? This is a well-traveled path that a lot of people find themselves traveling on. And so, listen, now the baby arrives, and, and did you know, this is interesting, did you know that there are a few times statistically that a, a married man in the context of his life is more likely to have an affair? Guess what one of the top two moments is when your wife is pregnant? Because you know what the guy's thinking? The guy's thinking that when his wife's pregnant. I mean, odds are you're probably not having as much sex as you once were when the chemistry and the passion was so great. And the guy starts saying things like this. I got needs. I got needs. You know why he's saying that? Because sex for him is just physical. I got needs. Guys, let me, let me let you in on a secret real quick. First of all, before I say this, listen, I love, uh, listen, I love having sex. Okay. But just let me bring you in for a sec. A, a sex is not a need. It's not. Water is a need. You need water. Food is a need. You need food. In certain climates, shelter is a need. Sex is not a need. It's not a need. Here's the crazy part. Um, you cannot have, if you're a guy, I'm sure you don't believe me, you go research it later. If you're a guy, you can, not, you can you know, not have sex your whole life and it won't kill you. It won't kill you. It won't even make you sick. I know you're listening and you're like, there's no way. I'm telling you, go research it. Jesus never had sex. Paul was celibate. I mean, we're about to read some things that Paul said about sex. I mean, he, he wrote some things about sex. He didn't even, he wasn't having sex. Okay. Sex is not a need. Now that's not me saying that I don't think you should have sex. I'm just saying we should probably stop saying the word need when it comes to sex. You don't understand sex. You're making sex only physical. Sex is good, but it's not a need. So here's what happens. Now we got these two people that had chemistry and they had passion, but the passion isn't there anymore. It's going away because now they got a baby. So nobody's, you know, nobody's sleeping. Nobody's having sex. And then, and then listen, and then one day he's at work and guess what he sees? the right person. He sees the right person. And he begins to think, you know what's wrong with my marriage? I married the wrong person. I married the wrong person because the chemistry and the passion is gone. 
Or she gets on Facebook one day and she's scrolling through Facebook and she sees a picture of the guy who she went to prom with and she begins to think, man, I wonder what he's up to. I wonder what my life would have been like if I would have married him. I wonder if he was the right person and I got it wrong. You know what? I'm just going to send him a message to see what's going on in his life. And not too far from that moment, that relationship blows up because somebody does something they shouldn't do in the context of sex. You know why sex is such a big deal and a big conversation? Look at this. Solomon leans in, Proverbs 5, 7 through 10. Look what he says. Now then, my sons, listen. Listen to me. Do not turn aside from what I say. Look at this, verse 8. See, this is a directional thing. You can choose what direction you want to go in your life. You can keep to a path far from her. What is her? Sex outside of marriage. Sons, listen, in your life, you're going to have a decision to make when it comes to sex. And I, here's what I'm telling you. There's two ways to go. One way is to only have sex when you're married with your spouse. The other way is to have sex with whoever you want, whenever you want. And I'm telling you, sons, come on, listen, listen, listen. I'm telling you the best way for you to go is this way. It's this way. You should keep a path that is far from anybody who is not your spouse. Do not go near the door of her house. Don't go that way. Verse nine, lest you lose your honor to others and your dignity to one who is cruel, lest strangers feast on your wealth and your toil enrich the house of another. You know what he's saying? After you get married, if you have sex with somebody who you're not married to, your life will be destroyed. Solomon goes, you'll lose it all. I mean, that's what we're dealing with here. This is the consequence of not participating in the design of sex that God has created. You know why second marriages have a higher fail rate than the first marriage? Because married people don't know this. They don't know it. Nobody told them. And it does not have to be that way. Young people, it doesn't have to be that way. That doesn't have to be your future. There's two paths. And here's what culture says. Culture says, listen, have as much sex as you can with as many people as you can. And when you find that right person, you marry her, you marry him, and then you be committed to only have sex with that one person. And friends, that makes zero sense. That's zero, that, that doesn't even make any sense. If you're not going to be having sex with a bunch of people after you get married, then you shouldn't be having sex with a bunch of people before you get married. You are setting yourself up to fail. And this is what Solomon is saying. And you want to know why so many people are in unfulfilled sexual relationships in the context of marriage? Here's why. Because they mess with the intimacy part of, of sex before they were married. See, they fell into the trap. They thought their past would never show up in the future and they thought sex was just physical and they were wrong on both. Your past shows up in your future, it becomes your present and sex is more than just physical. Now, second argument, enter Paul, who wrote this stuff 2,000 years ago, who wasn't having sex with anybody. And he writes to the church in Corinth because they're messing this whole thing up. 
So in the book of 1 Corinthians, look what Paul says. Very simple, very to the point, really hard to not understand what he's calling us to do. And he's writing to the church people. Just look what he says. 1 Corinthians 6, verse 18. He says, flee from sexual immorality. Now, if you want to know what he means by sexual immorality, just go to the next chapter and here's what he says. No shock. Don't have sex with somebody you're not married to. That's what he says. That's how he defines it. So he goes, look, if you are thinking about having sex with somebody you're not married to, you should run from that. See, there's one path and there's another path. And listen, if you've got the option to do this, you shouldn't. You should run from that. Here's why. Look what he says next. All other sins a person commits. What's he doing? He just made a category of sin. See, there's sins and then there's sexual sin. Why? Why is he saying that? Why is he saying, look, okay, there's sins, there's disobeying God, but he's leaning in and he goes, listen, you should run away from having sex with anybody you're not married to because this, this is a whole other category of sin. Why? Why is he saying that sexual sin is like no other sin? It's not because, listen, it's not because God hates it more. It's not because you'll be judged more harshly. It's not because God won't forgive you. Here's what, here's what he's going to say. Because the depth of that sin hurts you more. The consequences for you in the context of your life is greater. And you don't know it. Flee. From sexual immorality, all other sins a person commits. Look at this. Here's why there's a different category. They are outside the body. But whoever sins sexually sins against their own body. So Paul says, here's the problem. When you sin sexually, you hurt yourself. You hurt yourself to, to, to a depth that you don't understand in your past. But you will one day in your future that will be your present. This extraordinary thing called sex in the context of marriage will bring wonder and intimacy. Listen, if you break the rules, it will ruin your life. It'll ruin your life. Keeps going down verse 16. I love his language here. He goes, did you not know? Did nobody tell you? And they're going, no, nobody told us. Did you not know? That he who unites himself with a prostitute is, and look at the word he uses, one. He is one with her in body. And the church in Corinth, like they're reading this and they see that word unite and they see the word one and they would look at that Greek word and go, wait, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. Paul, look, look, we're not uniting. We're just having sex. I don't think you understand what's, what's going on here. Well, Paul, listen, the word you use there, that word unite, you, you're using it like, like we are glued together, like we're intertwined, like we can't be separated, like it's permanent. I mean, listen, bro, when I went downtown and slept with a prostitute, I wasn't uniting with her. No, 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 no. I, I, I was just a physical one-time thing. I paid her a fee. We did our deal. And then I went home. And Paul goes, yeah, that's because you don't understand sex. You don't get it. Because when you have sex with a person, there's a sense of permanence. There's a sense of oneness. I mean, you literally become one with that person. Paul and other scriptures will say it's, like, it's a mystery. 
It's a mystery. Will two become one? And Paul goes, did nobody ever tell you? Did nobody ever have the talk with you about sex? It's not just physical. It's more than that. Because you were designed to become one with one other person. But if you continue to become one with another person and another person and another person, after a while, you're going to hurt yourself so bad that you will begin to not understand the idea of intimacy and you will disconnect intimacy from sex and it will only become physical. Paul goes, you're hurting yourself. And then to back up his claim, Paul goes all the way back to the book of Genesis where sex is mentioned for the very first time. And look what he says. For it is said, and quote from Genesis, that the two will become one flesh. A one that cannot be unwoned because they are one. And right now, somebody's going, come on, Matt, really? I mean, you're taking it a little bit too far, dude. Come on, you know. You know that sex is more than just the physical. And God knows this because he's the one who designed it. Then Paul writes specifically to Christians. Now look what he says. If you're a Christian, you got to lean in. Look what he says. Verse, uh, 1 Corinthians chapter 6, verse 19. Again, <laughs> do you not know? Did nobody tell you that your bodies are temples of the Holy Spirit who is in you, whom you have received from God? And the church in Corinth goes, no, nobody told us. We thought we could just go have sex with prostitutes. Paul goes, no, that's not how this works. We thought our body was our body. Paul goes, no, 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 no. Look, look what he says next. You are not your own. He's talking to Christians. You are not your own. And you were bought at a price. So if you're a Christian, your body is not your body. You've been bought, you've been purchased, you've been redeemed to play it differently in the context of your sexuality. For you, there's a different path to take. And here's Paul's application. This is it. It's my last slide. Some of you are like, stop talking about sex. Okay, I'm almost done. Look, here. Here's Paul's whole application. If you're a follower of Jesus, come on, you got to hear this. Here's what he says. Therefore, because your body's not your body and you were bought and redeemed and purchased, therefore, honor God with your bodies. Honor God with your bodies. You want to know how to manage your sexual behavior? Young people, lean in. Single people, lean in. If you're going, hey, what's it look like in the context of my sexuality right now in the stage of my life? How do I make decisions when it comes to my sexuality? Here's what you ask. Is what I'm about to do honor God with my body? If the answer is no, you run from it. If the answer is yes, enjoy. Have fun. God created it and designed it for that very moment. But if it's not that moment, then it's not for you because that does not honor God. And you are not using your body in an honoring way. And listen, I get it. I get it. I get it. Like this talk isn't fun. And there's a lot of people who are receiving it this morning. And here's what they're feeling. They're feeling the guilt and the shame of the stories from their past because this is what the devil does. He brings it right up to the forefront and he shows you and he goes, look at you. He's talking about you. You know how many people you slept with? You know how many times you went and looked at that website? You know how, how many inappropriate text messages you had with another man's wife? Look at you. This is what he does. He brings it right to the forefront. 
to tear you down. There's no hope for you. All is lost. You had your shot. You blew it. So you will never, ever to be able to have a, a marriage that is filled with sex at its deepest level of intimacy. It's over for you. Here's the beautiful thing about the gospel. Just listen, this God is he's just crazy how he just sets all this up. Listen to this. Proverbs, the very book we've been reading through over the last couple of weeks, Proverbs was written by a guy named Solomon who just so happens knows a thing or two about sexual sin. His dad was David, King David, who probably had the most famous and well-known and most damaging sexual affair that we know about. David had an affair. He slept with somebody else's wife and then, so he didn't get caught, he had that dude killed to cover up his own affair. The child that, that him and, th and this woman who had sex with who wasn't his wife, that child who was born from that affair will eventually die. But it doesn't end there. David comes to his senses. God gets a hold of his heart and his mind and David repents. He marries Bathsheba, the woman who he had the affair with because he had her husband killed, so she don't have a husband. So he marries her and the next child they have, guess who? Solomon. <laughs> Solomon. The guy who wrote Proverbs. Talking about, listen, you know where the best place for sex is? Marriage. And sons, listen, think about this. Sons, hey, come here, come here. Let me, we're gonna have to talk. See, there's deers and there's does and there's birds. Listen, come on, just lean in. Sons, when it comes to sex, you have two paths to take. The one path will lead to death and destruction, but not the other one. It'll lead to life and abundance and joy and intimacy at its greatest level. But sons, here's the thing, here's the thing. When you have the choice to have sex with somebody who's not your spouse, don't do it. Don't do it. In fact, run from that. Run from that. Don't do it. I know it's flashy and it seems awesome. I'm telling you, don't, don't, don't do that because your past will catch up to your present that ultimately will be, you know, you'll be arriving in your future. So don't do it, don't do it. Wait, wait. I don't know if this happened, but what if his kids were like, why? Why, dad? Why should we wait? Solomon goes, well, hey, this is tough, but I need to tell you a story about your grandpa. Because we, we have these stories in our past. Your grandpa, who was a man of God, loved God. But see, he, he in a moment, he downplayed the significance of sex. And he had an affair with a married man's wife. And it not only cost him one of his sons, cost him friends and broken relationships. And it ruins his life for years, years. But he asked God to forgive him and God redeemed it. But there were still consequences, sons. And you don't have to take that path. You don't. You can play it differently. If you would choose to engage in sex, 
in the way that God has designed it. Married people, just think about it. Could it be that the reason that you're having difficulty in marriage when it comes to sex is because your past has made its way into your present? That you started with chemistry, but never got the tools to win relationally. Husbands, have you made sex just physical? If you don't know, just ask your wife. Have you made it so physical that you began to look outside of your marriage? You might be surprised, but maybe the very reason your wife doesn't want to have sex with you is because she knows it's only physical and has nothing to do with intimacy. And ladies, let me just ask, come on. Have you ever thought about the reason why you don't want to have sex with your husband? Could it be that it has anything to do with your past? And for you, all you see is the physical part. And the idea of being known fully by your husband doesn't sound good right now. Could it be that somewhere along the way, your past crept into your future? Single people, look, come on. Sex is more than just the physical. It's more than just the physical. And if you want to enter into a relationship one day that is filled with amazing sex, and here's the thing, Proverbs says, Paul says, Peter says, Jesus says, and you should wait. You should wait for the one, one day, that when it's time and it's appropriate to take your level to the, we take your relationship to the next level where you can look at your wife and go, girl, let's get intimate. We're about to go places neither of us have been. This is how God has designed it. And so if you're sitting in the room and you're going, whoa, Matt, here's the thing. Dude, I took the wrong path a long time ago. Man, I've, I've done things that I shouldn't have done. Here's the thing. If you're single right now, here's what you do. If you're single and you're in the room and you've had sex before you were married, here's what you do. You make a decision today and you go, you know what? From this day forward, you're gonna create a new rhythm in your life where your relationships do not involve sex until you eventually meet the one that you're gonna say, look, you're the one. I'm gonna set all my affection upon you. And here's the deal. You will have to work through the mess of your past in your future when you meet her or you meet him, but here's what you get to say. Listen, I was going down the wrong path. And then one day I went to this church service and there was this really smart guy on stage and he's talking about sex and it just fired for me. And I was like, that's it. I don't want to do that anymore. I don't want to go down that path. So girl or guy, here's the deal. Yeah, I got some stories, but there was a day that I said no more. And I can say to you right into the eyes, I have not stepped outside of that since that day. And you will be far better off than if you keep doing what you're doing. Married people, come on. You know, I'm just guessing why there's probably some tension with sex in the context of your marriage because your past has found its way into the future and is now your present and you've got to do some hard work and it's going to require some money and some time and some tears. But here's the deal. If you want to have a great sex life, then you're going to have to go back into your past and start working through the demons that the devil is using to keep you from, in the context of your marriage, experiencing something that God has designed to be amazing and filled with joy and excitement, not one that would cause you distance and despair and frustration.
Come on, we got choices to make. We got paths to take. And here's the thing, both campuses right after service, man, if you need to chat with somebody before you go, our care team's down front. There is no judgment. There's no shame. This is a, I need to make a change in my life because I'm not experiencing what God has designed for me in the context of sex. But I want to, but I want to. Change your rhythm, change your direction. And one day, one day, you will find your place and you will arrive in the destination of marriage and experience the intimacy of sex. Let me pray for us. Father, this morning, I pray that you would help us. People who don't have it all together all the time, folks who make poor decisions, I pray that you would help us make wise choices in the area of sex. I pray that our young people, our single people, might do it different than what the world's telling them. Because we know sex is more than physical. And there's a day coming in their future. Well, they will come to that realization that that's true, no matter if they're a Christian or not. So I pray that today they would make a decision that will set them up for something great that they get to look forward to. I pray for the couples in the room where this is a tough conversation, where the chemistry just isn't there and the past has found its way into the present. God, would you help them to be bold and courageous, to dive back in their past, to find you in the mess and to know that you are willing to forgive and redeem and renew. Give us courage to do the hard things so that we might experience the fullness of what you have created for us to experience. We love you and we thank you for Jesus. And it's in his name we pray. Amen.